Hello and welcome to Two Defeats from a Crisis, the review podcast on Saturday at 3. My name's Andrew Anderson. I am joined tonight by one of my very favourite co-hosts, Dave. How are you doing, man? Yeah, good, mate. As I've just said to you before coming on, the blood and dust and kind of everything sort of finally settled back to normal after an unnecessarily eventful couple of hours of Sunday tea time at Ibrooks. I think that's a pretty perfect way of describing it there, Dave. Um, so for full context, we're recording this only a few hours after kickoff, uh, sorry, after the final whistle. And yeah, I mean, Rangers certainly found a way to make heavy weather of that. Uh, we talked about it on the preview pods, but, you know, we had said Rangers turn up and do their thing, then it should be a walk in the park. But unfortunately, we conspired to make sure that that was not the case. No, we definitely did make harder work than it needed to be. I don't think we got out the traps very well. They had a good spell the first couple of minutes. Then we grabbed the game a wee bit. I thought the 15 minutes after that kind of wee flurry they had was probably our best spell in the match apart from 15 minutes after half time and you think right okay we're going to get a grip of this year but we never really did mm-hmm, mm-hmm. no I think that's that's fair and uh, something uh, Beal alluded to after the game in talking about the number of changes that he made he I think after the game said he kind of regretted that to a degree uh, felt that he disrupted the team by making that many changes but let's let's work through it because we know we've got a number of talking points on this game and uh, let's get to them in order shall we so uh in terms of the team we had seven changes from the team previously up uh mcgregor coming in for mclaughlin not a massive surprise there sands coming in for golden which was a big surprise raskin coming for jack fair enough kamara coming in for lundstrom fair enough tillman in for fashion junior fair enough hadji for ken great love to see him and charlotte for morales again i think apart from the sand substitution you know pre-game that that team looks like a fairly decent kind of rotation options for a cup game. What, what was your take on that, Dave? I thought when I saw the team, I, I texted the, the group chats and I, thought, I said, I think that's a bold team. At the time, I thought Raskin starting, for me, good. You've got to get him into the team ahead of the cup final. Never going to have a better opportunity. But the thing for me that stood out was Hadji, Cantwell and Tillman all playing all quite similar players in the sense, not a great deal of pace look to do their best work in tight areas, don't really stretch the game. I thought that was bold and would require a degree of footballing control of the game that you were just never going to get in a, a cup game, I, I don't think. Because, you know, the, the other thing, and a, a few people have said to this and I've heard that you watch teams like this will come and play like they did today and you go, oh, they're well, right, you're bold. Good if that was every week in SPL, teams coming at a goal, that'd be great. And then they get, Teams like that get promoted eventually, and they're just as bad, if not worse, than the teams that are already there. So cup games, obviously, teams are a bit more up for it, a bit more enterprising. There's a bit more physicality to the game. And I I wasn't sure when I saw the team if we were going to be able to get the level of control that we would need to let the three of them play to their best. And as it turned out, we we didn't ever really get that control. Cantwell had his worst game in a Rangers jersey, I thought. Uh, Hadji just rusty, very rusty um, and Tillman was exceptional but took a while to grow into it so I think if you're going to play the three a championship side's maybe not the best, you're going to need to be playing a League 2 team to play that type of formation or that those three individuals are in that formation, so I was a wee bit worried about that and it reminded me a wee bit of, do you remember the old firm game we lost under Gerard near the start and he played the three number 10s, mm-hmm. he played a, a yeah. Rebo 
somebody else. I can't remember, but it was basically three tens, and I don't think we'd Kent that day. So there was no width and no pace, and we lost. And I think that was the reason. Uh, I, I felt a wee bit like that watching it. That there was that just with three, as the kids would say, ballers rather than a pace merchant or somebody stretched the game. A Kent, a Sakala, or a right. If you'd maybe swapped Hadji or Cantwell for right, even I think the game would have looked a bit more positive for us. I just don't think we ever got the control or we weren't able to stretch the game with pace when we had it, which meant Thistle were able to sort of turn us inside and keep us in areas they wanted us in. And mm-hmm. we never really posed any problems out wide yeah. because of that. Yeah, no, I see what you're saying. I think Cantwell and Hadji, both of them are quite similar players. And to a degree, I understand what Beal's going for. He wants to see how these guys work together and how they interact. But, I mean, I, I agree. I think Cantwell looked tidy, but he was quite ineffectual. You know, he was he was doing a lot of good work, but none of it was particularly incisive. None of it was doing damage in the yep. final third. Um, the best opportunity that Rangers had in that first half was an off-target header from Yanis Hadji. Fantastic ball in from Raskin, um, but it comes to Hadji in the box and, as you said, looked rusty, uh, wasn't overly effective, and uh, he sends that wide. So, yeah, for me, I think because you're playing those similar types of players, you're not really giving the opposition a lot to think about. Once they figure out the style of play that they have to play against, they can deal with that all day. You need to have that variety in there to give them something more to think about yeah. and I mean for me and it's weird that we're talking about this when it comes to you know ball control but I would have liked to see someone like Fashion Sakala in there because I think he does provide that that extra option or even someone like Scott Wright someone who is you know for all his flaws someone who is going to run directly at, at teams and, and try and make something happen you you see a little bit of that, that different style of play I think yep. as it were so yeah, it's a, it's a tricky one. It's a tricky one. Uh, as it was, uh, despite our kind of dominance in as we grew into that first half, we weren't particularly effective in the in the um, in the final third. And in the end, it was Party who got the first real opportunity there. Carl Turner winning and then taking a free kick uh, against Alan McGregor looked a really good one. In fairness, you know, uh, kind of goes round the wall. McGregor has to make a really good save to keep that out and um and puts it out for a corner and i mean at this point you know you're kind of thinking well this is just rangers right we're just going to make things difficult for ourselves <laughs> and then Absolutely. from the well then from the corner you know we've um we've got a ball that comes right into the box bounces around a fair amount and uh mcgregor pulls out a fucking top draw save to uh, to deny tiffany um a, a decent looking enough shot unfortunately Apparently, during this pinball session in the box just prior, Holt's header that's towards the goal, well, even not even necessarily towards the goal, it's just in back into the box. From point-blank range, pretty much, it strikes against Sherlock's hand. Now, well, I'll get your opinion on this, Dave, because, you know, I mean, I've got my own view, but it it, it, it is a header that takes place and strikes Sherlock's hand from about a foot away, Charlak's got his arms out, but not in a particularly unnatural position because he's coming down from jumping up in the air. Strikes his hands. We we go to a, a VAR review and Partick Thistler awarded the penalty. What what was your take on that on the award there, Dave? So at first, nobody in the ground noticed it. I think there may have been a half-hearted uh, appeal from the player who headed it. Nobody noticed it. And the game goes on for quite a while because they, they had the passage of play that led to the 
the McGregor save, two great saves, and mm-hmm. uh, yeah. I thought the the first one for the free kick maybe looked better in in real time, but the second one was exceptional. So that's why mm-hmm. he's number one. But uh, I, there was no appeal really, and then everybody's baffled. And so I'm trying to get on the iBrooks Wi-Fi to get somebody who's maybe watching it to text me and tell me. Nobody knew, and then I, I eventually saw it, and I've seen it since I came home. It's See, there's been a lot made of this recently. There's been a lot of pressure applied in the media by Celtic about this, and I think that's maybe the fruits of this. The referee looked at the telly and chose an easy life because he doesn't need this decision scrutinised for the rest of the week. And yeah. do you know what? Fair enough. He's took the easy way out. But that's the pressure that's starting to tell, in my opinion. But if that's a handball, then everything has to be a handball because there's absolutely no way Cholak is remotely aware of that. He's gone for the header. Gravity is returning him to his natural state. Mm-hmm. And he's, he's not even looking. And it's it's literally three ball lengths away. There's no possibility to act. His hand's in a natural position. It, it's wild. For me, obviously a lot's been made of the Goldson ones. Almost all of them, I would say, are closer to being penalties than that today. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The, the one against Celtic that hits him, for me, I'd be looking for that, right? The one... Who was it? The one that rolls up his body and he kind of was it Hibbs? I believe kind of so. Rolled, yeah, but yeah, his, it's same deal, right? It's yeah. I'd be looking for that. The today, I'm not really. I, I'm considering it fortunate if Rangers get that because it's point blank. It's happened. There's nothing he can do. But so far, supposed to lead to consistency, right? We're supposed to have the consistency of application now, and every game's referee mm-hmm. to the same standards. And now there's none. It actually seems to be getting worse. But it's getting worse, in my view, as a result of pressure that's been applied. I like Varn, I would keep it, but for handballs in particular, it just seems to have gone absolutely haywire in Scotland. Well, at the end of the day, Var's there as a tool for the referees to use, right? But the problem is that we don't have full-time professional referees. We still have part-time, you're doing it after you've worked a week, um, referees. So I don't know about you, Dave, but after the end of a week, I'm knackered. I don't want to do anything for the weekend. And these guys are being asked to run up and down for 90 minutes and try and, you know, make precise precision calls on, you know, games which may not matter a fuck to them, but they matter a fair amount to, you know, people like us. So, well, <laughs> take take that point and flip it, right? He's yeah. not, he's had a week at his work. He's now got a week at his work to face. He's mm-hmm. probably got a lot on his plate tomorrow, but it be Monday. Does he need his name in the papers about some sort of our controversy? <laughs> or does he just go, fuck it, penalty to thistle? Because yeah. it hits his hand. Nobody can tell me it didn't, so I'm going to construct the rules in such a way to make my life easier yeah. because of the undue pressure that has been applied in the media. Only this week, almost a month after some of the incidents, we had somebody, I don't even know who said it because I didn't even read the article, I just read the headline, somebody saying, Goldson's your best keeper. Some some wit has come up with this, mm-hmm. and that's mm-hmm. nearly a month after the fact. So there is pressure being applied, and the rest just went, oh, fuck this, man, it's Sunday night. I don't need a week yeah. of this. I've got my work in the morning. Have well, a maybe, that, so, maybe that's another one of those downsides of that late Sunday kickoff. <laughs> so, exactly, right? exactly. But no, never a penalty, never. Yeah. Um, in any event, I mean, it's converted by Holt. I think, you know, McGregor's bailed us out twice already in the past five minutes there. So can't really blame him for that. It's a well taken. It is what it is, right? Uh, and, you know, we, we go into the uh, halftime break, 1-0 down. Team is, I think, fairly justifiably booed off the park. Um, I, what was your call here, Dave? You know, what, what, what did you think needed to be changed for the team there? I think the clear sub for me in a text this I think it's texted it to you guys. Hadji and Cantwell had to come off. Neither was playing well enough to 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 get us back in the game. Both were passengers. Like I say, largely as, as a result of the system 
in both their cases in ring rust and Hadji's he's still very, very rusty. I mean, Hadji was one of these guys who he could do 10 things and three would come off brilliantly. Three would just about come off and three or four would just fail. Yeah. And at the moment, his ratios are even worse because of the injury. And I, I think he's a terrific player, but if you're that kind of player who tries the spectacular and it doesn't always come off, rustiness is your enemy, worse than it is for somebody like Goldson, for example. So I think the two of them needed off. Uh, and who what? came on? So it was Roof. I get another guy that suffers for the rust factor. Mm-hmm. And who was right, the and Ken, aye. For well, me, it's... like I was going to say, Dave, obviously McBeal's got a line into our group chat because he made exactly the subs that you'd call for there, you know? Yep. Um, with those two coming on. And I mean, I'm in agreement with you, especially in terms of Hadji. I mean, I really love Hadji as a player. I rate him highly. I think he adds so much to our game. But as you say, he is absolutely one of those players where if it's not coming off for him, then he just becomes a passenger. Cantwell, I think, will probably fall into that same vein as well, where he is a player who can make magic happen. Um, but, you know, nothing was coming off for him. And it, and it was that type of game, right? Kent and Roof coming on signalled an intent. And for Bill to make that at halftime, I think was a good sign. Yeah, I'm always a wee bit, when you have to bring on your best player, or the most effective player in Kent, mm. it's so soon, it's a sign that things are only going very well. If you have to go straight to the big guns, so I think that was an admission by Bill that here, wait a minute. I mean, if we brought on right, maybe say, right, okay, we can maybe keep Kent with the final links. I do think I've said before in this point, I'm a big fan of the approach Bill and Gerard ushered in about resting players, rotation, try to keep fresh. Didn't always work because of results, but in principle, strength and depth wins leagues, and part of that is rotation and resting. So Kent get 45 minutes that maybe didn't need to have if things had gone a bit better at the start. But uh, no, nah, the right subs, and they did to be fair, get his back in it pretty rapid. Oh, absolutely. I think there, there was a definite difference that you saw with the um, with the change in play style, having, you know, Kent and Roof on there. Both of them, I think, are more, are more direct players in that sense. They were both, you know, looking to drive past players and, and get involved and get towards the ball. But I think the more important thing was how much more effective uh, Tony Goals looked once uh, those two were on as well. You know, with movement around him, with decent delivery into him, yep. you started seeing how much more effective he can be. Um, and, you know, that that was obviously proved fairly quickly. You know, Raskin was a player who, uh, well, let, let's be fair, I don't think any player, McGregor aside, had a particularly great first half, but Raskin, I thought, was failing to impose himself in the game. That's probably a bit harsh for for a player who's having his first game you know, his first start at Ibrox, but that's kind of just where I was. But he shut me up quite quickly by, you know, making a fantastic run into the box, digs out an excellent delivery across the box, and Charlock is there to, you know, do what Tony Goals does. Um, puts the header away, and it's one all. Uh, how are you feeling with this one, Dave? Yeah, delighted we'd got back in it quickly. You always want to just get back in it, but I, I'm glad you said that about Raskin, because I felt that as well. He, he, he looks... Terrific to me, he's my kind of player, busy, always coming short, looking for it, follows his passes, got a terrific range of passing, never switches off, a wee nuisance in every respect, I, I like Raskin, mm-hmm. my spidey senses are already telling him he's going to be a player, but I, I do agree, I do think he failed to impose himself a wee bit, 21, new country, first start, yeah, you, exactly, you kind of exactly. pass it, but I think a Davis, for instance, maybe takes charge more in that role, or even a Lindstrom, mm-hmm. uh, so... I'd like to see him impose himself. He sat between the centre-halves quite a lot. I thought 
But no, terrific work. That shows what he's all about, the build-up to the goal, getting in dangerous mm. areas, picking out a great cross. And again, with Roof being on it, let Cholak go and find that wee pocket of space because he wasn't being asked to do all the hold-up work in the middle. Exactly. So he, 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 in the first half, he's not getting to drift off and just pick up a wee two-yard pocket of space in the back post because he's having to be in the middle and lead the line. And Cholak is a, a sniffer. He's not mm-hmm. really a line leader, the way Morelos or maybe even Rufa. But Rufa's a sniffer as well. But it, just let, allowing him to peel off, almost a 4-4-2 at times with Rufa. And uh, keeper doesn't do great. If that's their keeper, I'm not very happy with him. Because it's kind of right at him and he fumbles it in. But nonetheless, we're straight back in it. So happy days. Well, it's it's Cholak doing what he does, right? And and I completely agree with you. Yeah, the, the, the way that we play has to adjust between... Cholak and Morelos, right? Yeah. Morelos, I think, is is much more effective in terms of that overall play. Cholak is much more effective at just you know sticking the spherical thing into the into the goal. So that it, it's adjusting your your the way you're going to play. So I, I think you know in a perfect world, I don't think we see regular week on week rotation between those two players unless we, you know, make radical changes to the team as well, because you have to adjust how you play yep. at the same time. I don't necessarily think we have the personnel or, you know, the depth of the squad to be able to do that. But it was great to see him get the goal, because that's the first time he's he's got a goal since 29th of October. Um, that, I mean, you know, we're in February now. He has been out with injury. We've had the World Cup break, but still, it's great to see him back in the score sheet and, you know, doing what he does best. Yeah, that I didn't realise the drought was quite that long, but that is quite a drought mm-hmm. for a guy who's stocking trade his goals. But I, I think what you're saying there is right about changing play style. And I, I think the fact that we didn't start with pace or width is sort of cutting off some of Cholak's oxygen because he wants crosses and balls across mm-hmm. the face and pace getting in behind him. I think Morelos might have dovetailed a wee bit better by going wide and getting into good areas alongside the Hadji, Tillman, Cantwell dynamics. So again, it's another disconnect a wee bit in the team selection. Aye, we'd, great to see him back in the school sheet and at least we sort of did figure out the challenges and start to improve as the game went on. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, uh, well, you know, we're, we've kind of alluded to it a bit, but let's get into the meat and potatoes of uh, tonight's events. <laughs> um, so Rangers, I think, are, are more in the ascendancy in that second half, right? You know, we, we scored the goal in the 50th minute. We're imposing ourselves a lot more on the game. I think, in fairness, you know, Partick Thistle are, are pleased that they got that far, you know, with that far, much of an advantage. So, you know, there's more there's more pressure in, in that, in their half. And in the middle of a passenger play, Tillman uh, is taken out, gets a stamp from Milne and and goes down. Um, play continues, but eventually Cholak puts the ball out. Now, <laughs> here's where things get fun, right? Tillman's down for a little while. You know, waves off treatment, but, you know, Mont's like the point to the referee. Hey, I was fucking stamped on here. There's no punishment forthcoming for that. Obviously, why not? Why would there be, right? And because we put the ball out, Partick Thistle have the ball and use that to take a throw in. Now, going by the theatrics that occurred shortly after this, um, we understand that they were planning to give the ball back to us. However, from a throw in, their player takes one, two, three touches. And after that third touch, Tillman feels the urge to run forward, nick the ball off of him, and make an amazing run into the box, dances around the keeper and puts the ball into the net. And every single player on the pitch reacts, erupts, goes fucking tonto. 
Dave, what was your view on this whole situation here? <laughs> At this point, I was too busy running down the steps of the stand making get it up you gestures to the Thistle fans. <laughs> uh, I was fucking delighted. I thought, brilliant, this will just be a week of controversy. It was sick of the Thistle fans. I couldn't wait to get home and read all the greeting about it. But... Uh, See, for me at the game, right, so in that passage I play, Kent and Tillman are basically getting volleyed towards Partick Thistle's goal by Th- Thistle players. There's mm-hmm, two fills mm-hmm. in Kent, there's two fills in Tillman. They eventually sort of wrestle it back for Tillman and stand on him. So yeah. there's a bit of physicality there that I think happened throughout the game, but that's maybe by the by. I don't think, I think Bill said, Tillman didn't see it because he's done and didn't see Cholak putting it out. Fair enough. The the blood is up, obviously, when Tillman gets back up. Yeah. I, I think they were going to kick it back, mate. But at the game, it, I sit main stand, so it was coming into kind of the area in front of me. A, a couple of their strikers had sort of peeled into Tav's area, so I think it was coming back, but I don't think it was coming back clean. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think they were just going to kick it yeah. over our defensive not, line to McGregor. It, it, it's not getting hoofed to McGregor to then take the goal kick, right? Aye, that that, that feels unlikely at this, at this stage. It, it's the same Skula sportsmanship, quote-unquote, is the kind of, you know, the, the way Ibrooks constantly, players trip over it when they're trying to give it back, and if we get a free kick, players will trip over it and roll it away with their feet, or mm-hmm. the goalie going to the other side of the goal and all the rest of it. It's a wee bit of gamesmanship, I think, in Thistle's part. They're just going to knock it in that area, and the, the, the forward will kind of stand in tabs way or whatever and hope that yeah. they yeah. get the throw in. But nonetheless, in hindsight, I think the whole thing... It's easy to say now, but if you're staring possibly at an embarrassing cup exit and the, what really would mean the season ending at the end of this month, uh, it's it's harder to say that it's the right decision. But I think in overall, I think Beal's done the right thing. Well, I think I think that's it, right? In the in the moment, especially what we're at the seventieth minute in a cup tie where we've not looked particularly impressive, and you you know facing down the the possibility of an early cup exit, you know, a cup exit in the fifth round, Jesus, you know. Be even worse if we got beat by Darvel or something like that. Exactly. <laughs> so, you know, we are where we are. I think that there's, and, and I mean, I want to make this point separately from everything else that happens. The reaction that Tillman gets shoved to the ground by the Partick Thistle players, you know, he, he's damn near assaulted there. And there's, there's a strong reaction from them. And I understand, right. you know, the intensity of the reaction, but the only player who ends up getting booked out of the full-on 22-man melee that ensues is Borna Barisic for some reason. <laughs> so, right, here's the story, right? I, I did that, right? I was playing in the complex years ago, playing another side, and it was the late stages of the game. So the complex right across fabrics, late stages of the game, and I'd made a kind of long bursting run, and the ball had went dead, and I'd, I'd been done. And for some there was a drop ball, and I asked the ref whose ball it was, because they basically gave it to me uncontested, and I was to kick it back. Mm-hmm. But I don't know what getting to me. The referee dropped the ball, and I turned, took a touch and hit a shot, and it clipped <laughs> the underside of the bar and bounced down, and it, it didn't go in. The keeper caught it. Oh, my God. I've never seen anger like it in a pitch. I was getting borderline assaulted. It, the game was done, so a couple of minutes elapsed and in. I sat in the dressing room and the other team were trying to kick the door in. Because I'd, <laughs> I'd, I'd, I'd took a shot in the last couple of minutes. had the temerity. I did the temerity and I think it would have been the winner. So they were fucking raging at this lack of sportsmanship. But it was just a moment of confusion and like the blood was up and I'd ran and been injured and the game was done, so I was tired. And I, I don't even know what came across me, but I can still picture this ball arcing in. And as it was on its way, as it reached its apex, I thought, 
I was the many fair, I was many pass it back to the keeper. <laughs> Not fucking try and chip him. It's just uh, it's just a wee pass back, lads. Come on. So you know? I, I did I did I did advance that argument. I did say, look, lads, I was kicking it back. It just <laughs> I can overhit it. Didn't come I, I think, I so, think you, you probably cannot make that argument for what Tillman did. And it's a real bit of skill as well. You got no, to say. I mean, I've took a shite first touch, it's bounced and I've just hit it. Tillman's skinned half their team. <laughs> Tillman's busting out full Paul Gascoigne moves and it's an exceptional bit of skill. It has to be said, it's a shame that it's, it's not really going to count, but it's yeah. some exceptional footwork. And I mean, yeah, I think after things have calmed down somewhat, um, there, there's a conversation that takes place between Beal and uh, and some of the players on the pitch. And then we go ahead and let them walk the ball into the goal. Um, you know, to, to kind of tie it back up again. I mean, there, there's obviously, by the time folk are listening to this, uh, the day after the thing, people will maybe have calmed down and chilled out and, you know, had you know, obviously asleep to think on these things. But right now, in the in the heat of the moment, speaking about it, you know, what, four or five hours removed from it? For me, sportsmen should be damned uh, in a tied-up cup tie, I, I do not understand how you go ahead and give them back a goal, especially with how their team has played up to this point. Exactly, because they did. I don't know if they really carried a threat as such, but there was certainly the game wasn't put to bed, and you know they're going to get at least one opportunity with Nogat's first choice central half. It's on a knife edge. It's a it's a very very ballsy decision by Bill to go right, lads, just give them the confidence of just walking through and stoking it in, give them a second mm-hmm. goal, put the tie back level. The other thing which I didn't appreciate at the time, the the furor led to seven minutes added time, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which is another kind of danger for us. Uh, ballsy decision by Bill. Maybe he's protected Tillman. I think there's an element of that. So it's no harm done and it's all right in the night, but uh, yeah, I think if it's maybe two minutes to go, <laughs> yeah, that, that, there's a different view right there, right? Aye, I'd be feeling a bit differently about it, or if things hadn't quite panned out, I'd yeah, be feeling I mean, differently. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And I think we want to be fair, right? So, I mean, from Michael Weaver's perspective, he was he was obviously asked about it after the game. Um, he says it's a misunderstanding. You know, Malik's unaware that we've played the ball out and they're planning to give the ball back to us. You know, he's just doing what he does. Doesn't understand why he maybe finds it a little bit easier than you know he should. Um, but the more interesting thing that that Beal said about that was that he didn't want it to be the conversation. He wanted to protect Tillman. He he wanted to avoid the next week's worth of newspaper headlines or fuck you know knowing Scottish football the next six months worth of football headlines yep. being Tillman to cheat Tillman you know betrayed the very foundations of sportsmanship by doing this all of that bullshit which you absolutely knew would be coming if if he had if you know if we'd just gone on seen it out and had a 2-1 victory over Partick Thistle um and he, and he alluded to the standards that we should uphold as part of Rangers football club and to be honest if I sleep on that give it you know the rest of the week that we've got to contemplate until our next game I might think about it differently but in the moment at the time when we're 20 minutes away from tying up a game against Partick Thistle in the fifth round of the Scottish Cup I'm not worried about sportsmanship you know I think I'm I'm all for high-minded or you know ideals I'm you know a big liberal softy I'm all that all that manner of stuff right that that's my perspective but that's outside of 
of a game of football. In the game of football, I think what you need to be doing is trying to win the fucking game at all costs. Exactly. It's one of these things that, like, as we've just explored a couple of different sort of connotations there last minute, other teams do it to us. It just exposes the absolute rank hypocrisy of football fans because you're trying to, like, I'm trying to think about it and be like a principled decision, a principled stance, right, as sportsmanship, yes, but then you go, well, would teams do it for us? Everybody hates Scottish football. Tillman would just get battered every week. It'd be fair game. It'd be a marked man. Tillman would just be getting filled, like, even worse than he does now. So even the slightest shift in perspective completely changes your your sort of stance on it. So I think you just have to say it's one of the things that football fans are just hypocrites. I admit that. And mm-hmm, mm-hmm. we're just going to take the stance that suits us, which is you say, at the time for me, if we'd lost that game and given that go back, I would be livid. Mm-hmm. But the same token, if we had gone behind to that goal, I would be absolutely fucking fuming. So Yeah, and I made the point in the group chat, though, for me, I would not be upset with us. For, well, I wouldn't be upset with the team who had scored against us. I would be more pissed off with our player who fucked around on the ball that long. Uh, as the Partick Thistle player did, that that would that would be my perspective on that. You well, know? Th- that's a fair point as well because the Thistle player does take a couple of tough touches and it's away from his body and he takes his time. So what's probably worst out of this is the fact that Malik Tillman thought that was him doing his best. Mm-hmm. Malik, Malik Tillman just thought, right, this is the standard of Scottish football. This guy's basically <laughs> fucking. It's like watching Steve Irwin wrestle a crocodile. This guy trying to trap it, and that's 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 <laughs> the league I'm in. I'm just going to go and take it off this fucking idiot. <laughs> Well, I think it says a lot about what Tillman actually thinks of this leak. Well, you know, he obviously didn't find anything wrong. And honestly, when he gets tackled after he scored that goal, he doesn't even look upset. He's just confused about why everyone's so mad at him, you know, which I think is great. <laughs> exactly. Um, so, yeah, we are where we are, right? I mean, you know, obviously, welcome any of your comments, your views, your thoughts on it um, out there listening to us. But... You know, all we can do is is provide our view, and that help. That's just mine and Dave's views, right? Um, we've got another five guys who do this podcast with us, and they've all got their own take on it as well, including Chris's particular take, which is that yeah, no, of course we should have done it. It was absolutely fine, good sportsmanship. Which, I mean, Chris is one for fucking controversial takes, but that's probably his wildest one yet. Ah, <laughs> uh, he's no stranger here. Turn out and just take his bet. So maybe it's best he's not on tonight after that. Although he did say in the group chat that he thoroughly enjoyed today's game, despite it being probably the worst and most grindy performance under Beal, who he has yeah. roundly criticised on every pod and every tweet and every message since the man was appointed. <laughs> Indeed. Well, you know, obviously we just need nervy 3 2 wins until the end of the season, and Chris will be delighted with how we're doing, right? I'm sure that'll be the case. Anyway. Uh, let's wrap up the rest of the game. So uh, Rangers have still got to go on and win this one, obviously. Um, we uh, obviously have a situation where we've basically allowed them to get that goal. Um, but Rangers, I think, are not massively shaken by that. We we continue performing as we did, continue to press them. Morelos comes on at, you know around this point for Cholak. So this is obviously... And I, I, don't, I don't think Charlotte did himself any harm as well. I think he he performed well, did what he needed to do, which was score a goal. Hell, if it wasn't for various other controversies later on, probably probably you know contributes to the victory there. But you know Morelos comes on, and eventually we get a another set piece, Borna Barisic corner, uh, balls lobbed in, 
there's maybe some confusion about who gets the final touch on the ball there. But uh, as far as BBC Sport were concerned, that was James Sands who got that final touch and scored the winning goal. And I'll take that because it's nice to see my two American boys doing their thing and, and contributing to a Rangers win. I mean, Dave, who's your view on? Who do you reckon got that one, mate? Uh, do you know, I've seen it back in the highlights once and it's not exactly clear. It just comes off a kind of cluster of three headers. So Sands ended up the furthest forward. He'd obviously flung himself at it. So I'm quite happy yeah. to give it to him, who I thought was... He's, he's had his critics, not least of all me, James Sands, mm-hmm. but... I thought he actually did okay today. Maybe I'm looking at it through rose-tinted specs because he made a couple of crucial interceptions for dangerous crosses and his positioning was good. So Yeah, and I mean, from, from all the fear that we had about him pre-game, right, as the only one of those changes that, that seemed a little bit out of place, I, I think he acquitted himself fairly well today. Although we should add that the free kick that we praised McGregor for saving, the free kick round the ball, was another James Sands cipher a guy. <laughs> well, special. you know, you learn that shit in New York, and you uh, just got to so... do that to a guy sometimes. Oh, so rough with the smooth with him, but uh, I definitely, as much as we all want Tillman to stay permanently, I'd not be too displeased if that was one of the last we've seen of Sands. Yeah, and I mean, it feels harsh on him, but unfortunately, we're where we are. He's probably the fourth choice centre-back at the moment because um, Leon King's still a youth player, I think still being protected to a degree, didn't come on for this game. Um, and our boy from Hearts is uh, still nowhere to be seen, despite setting this game as a target for his comeback. So oh. it remains to be seen what we, we see throughout John Suter, but... Um, you know, given our centre-back situation at the moment, that's probably another area we need to look at investing in come the uh, summer window. Yep. So we we see the game out, uh, as Dave alluded to there, after seven minutes of added on time, which uh, at the time was, was no picnic, but I think we saw that out reasonably well. And, um, and yeah, that's it. Rangers are through to the fifth round of the Scottish Cup. We... Uh, don't have uh, too much to worry about in terms of the next round. So either Celtic, Hearts, Killy, Wraith Rovers, A United, Cali Thistle, or one of Darvill or Falkirk. So, you know, be watching out for some big names there. Um, but we're, we're through to the next round. And before the ball was kicked, that's pretty much all we wanted, right? Yep. And as, as Chris said, and as I alluded to Chris in there, I know we go to Ibrox and you want, Rangers, if there's five goals against a lower league team in the cup, you're going to expect and hope that Rangers have scored all five. Mm-hmm. But on one level, is this better than... I mean, it's great for the neutral, right? It's a great advert for the game, yeah. I think, as, as a yeah, neutral. Yeah. It's what you want. Lower league team, plucky underdogs, doing their bit, going ahead. Bit of controversy, a couple of talk points. Uh, just, a, just a couple, yeah. If you're in the pub or you're in the house, that's a good, that's a good night's viewing. You know what I mean? That's like a good bit to chew the fat over, rather, if you're in neutral. But yeah. on some level, I suppose, as well for us, we beat Dundee in the Cup earlier in the season and it was a torrid 1-0 slog. Mm-hmm. Are days like the day better? Because there's a bit more to talk about and a bit more, you've seen something fairly unique. There's a bit more going on. I don't know. Would you rather just have the peaceful sort of 2-0 routine win or would you rather see the drama? On one level, I suppose, the drama's better, but it's not very good for the blood pressure at the time. Yeah, I mean, you know, in, in terms of the neutral viewing, fantastic, right? A great advert for the game. All that stuff. But in terms of my own mental and physical health, I would much rather boring 2-0 wins all the way to the end. Oh, I absolutely <laughs> am. shite. Just let us win 2-0 every round. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, we are where we are. Um, I, I think in terms of the post-match reaction, that, you know, 
Rangers absolutely could have done better, right? We basically gave up 45 minutes of the game and then we gave them a goal during the second half as well. So we we gave Bartek Thistle every opportunity to win this one, but um, they were not able to do it. Despite that, I mean, looking around at some of the fan reactions, I've seen some of their fans saying today was easily the best they've played since December. So... Obviously, it comes as no surprise that they then sacked their manager just a little bit while ago, while um, while we we're just prepping to record this one, Dave. What was your I, reaction to that? I mean, I think that's that's wild for me. Absolutely wild. It's I, I can't recall a, a similar decision. I, I was on the way down to the ground. I live to the to the south Ibrook, so for some reason I ended up walking up with two Thistle fans who were absolutely screaming, as to be said. Because a big shout out to them; they were having a great time. Um, and I was talking to him, how he's doing? He says, oh, we're not too clever in the league, but we're still fourth. And we're like, 28 to 1 a day, we're betting us. And he's like, we back the draw, because we always go to extra time. And they said, no, if we give you unfair money, and if we put up a good fight, we'll be quite happy with that, blah, blah, blah. There wasn't any indication for them that the manager's job might be in jeopardy, or they wanted him out. Mm-hmm. It's probably the harshest sacking I've ever seen, because they've gave us a good go. They've gave us, yeah. they've taken the holders to the last five minutes. They've gave as good as they got, sort of in the midfield battle. Tactically, I thought McCall done his homework and certainly first half nullified the three tens with mm-hmm. the limited resources he's got. I mean, he's got Partick Thistle. I don't know if they're part-time or what, but they shouldn't be at Rangers level when he's matched his. And... Well, no, I think they're full-time, but they're still sitting in the championship. They're uh... in fifth, right? So they're not exactly, you know, the giants of Glasgow or anything. They're the third biggest team in, in Glasgow, just about, right? Uh, so, I don't know, maybe the only rationale I can come up with is that they knew it was happening. And they've just said to Ian McCall as a thank you for his service to the club, uh, take the team to Ibrox and then we'll let you go. But the timing just seems harsh. After yeah. a cred- more than credible performance, this we've never really got into praising them in the pod because we're criticising Rangers, but on the whole <laughs> you have to say Thistle did what they did well and mm-hmm. can hold, could all hold their heads high after sort of taking second in the Premier League and the cup holders. All the way, almost. And then, so I, this wasn't this wasn't Livingston murder ball or anything like that. It wasn't ten men in the box and packing us in and you know fouling us every time we dared to cross the halfway line. This was this was you know they, them playing decently well. They had more chances in the first half. For fuck's sake! I, I actually <laughs> thought at periods they popped out in really well. They, they, they mm-hmm. made nice shapes. They obviously they limited quality, but I, it's just I, I want to bring it up because it's the harshest decision I've ever seen. Because surely. Ibrox and Parkhead are the free hits of all free hits as a manager. Oh, managers, yeah. managers have survived seven, eight, nine nil drubbins at these places, <laughs> and then for some reason that's not good enough for friendly family club Thistle, who somehow have found a way to their credit to turn themselves into the villain of this piece. <laughs> so, <laughs> they've taken the heat off. Tillman, the ref, VAR, everything. The Thistle board have said, "No, wait a minute, hold my keenma. We are going to be the." <laughs> <laughs> Hold my Belgian craft lager, sir. Aye, hold the crowd, my craft beer. We're the villains here. I, 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 it's honestly, it. Um, my 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 flabber is gasted by it. It's it's shocking to me because I, I can think of pretty much any other Premiership team comes to us, takes us to five minutes within getting a victory, and then loses three two. They're getting praised for the week. They're not getting sacked, especially not the same night. It's absolutely insane to me. Exactly. I mean, that performance offends a shot in the arm mm-hmm. rather than sacking material. Like the board should be looking at that going, right, maybe he's got the belief of the players, he's got them well drilled and organised. I mean, Ian McCall's 
X Rangers player, obviously, but he's never really been overly friendly to Rangers. I've never thought he's always been fairly critical as the media. So I tend not to go to bat for guys like that very often. But I feel in this case that it's a bit harsh. Yeah, I mean, you know, he 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 was a professional for this game, right? And you know, Mike Beale talked about his friendship with him pre-game. You know, they exchanged letters in terms of you know Michael Beale when he moved to QPR, wishing him all the best. You know, it has been nothing but professional. He gave us a fantastic game. Um, honestly, you know, on a on a different night when uh, McGregor maybe isn't in best of form and we don't get the rub of the green in terms of uh, one of their players deciding to give us a goal, um, which obviously, in the interest of good sportsmanship, we should have let we should have scored a known goal against ourselves to balance it out. <laughs> in fairness, um, you know, in spite of all of that, you know, because of taking us to the limit. And yet he ends up out of a job. Uh, exactly. The the other thing for him as well is I remember when he, he was doing quite well with United and quit them quite unexpectedly to take this job back. And when he was asked why, he said, it means I can walk to work because mm-hmm. he was getting fed up with the drive in the M77 to, to air, which I thought was <laughs> as fucking good a reason as any to take the Thistle job back. So obviously he's going to fucking rising fuel costs are going to start hitting him now because he's going to have to drive somewhere. And he's out of a job as well. I mean, honestly. Uh, his next job, he's going to have to drive to somewhere like Falkirk. <laughs> so it's a, it's a damn shame. It's a damn shame. So that's where we are. Rangers are through to the uh, quarterfinals of the Scottish Cup. We, um, we're going to the hat. We'll have all the reaction on the pod account in terms of who we get in the draw. Anyone in there you're particularly worried about, or fearful of, Dave? Or, uh, you know, at the end of it, just happy to be there, I guess. Uh, Darvel. Yeah. don't really want to face Darvel. I think they might just be a step too far. Well, they took out the third biggest force in Scottish football, so, you know, can never be too careful. I think a wee away trip to there where the fans sing Rangers songs <laughs> might, be, uh, might be one to relish. I would quite like that, to be fair. That would be good fun. We, that would be good I mean, fun. A lot of their fans obviously wouldn't have to drive to the game since they seem <laughs> to just be quite happy being Rangers fans at Darvel games. True. Very true. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see what comes out the draw. But um, all in all, you know, again, since we started this podcast... McBeal remains undefeated as Rangers manager. So, you know, I'm not saying it's coincidence, but, you know, if you like, share and subscribe, then you'll encourage, you know, the, the Beal train to keep on rolling, right? There you go. Good karma. <laughs> right. We'll um, we'll obviously have a preview show going up uh, for Rangers next game, which will be against Livingston away Saturday at three. Uh, that's the way it's meant to be. Dave, uh, it's been a pleasure having you on, mate. Thank you for doing this. Uh, appreciate it's uh, Sunday night, but thank you for coming on and uh, offering your insights and opinions. It's been much appreciated, my friend. No problem. Thoroughly enjoyed it. Wonderful. And uh, to everyone listening out there, thank you for doing so. We hope you continue to do so. Again, please like, share, subscribe. We're on Twitter, Instagram, fucking TikTok, apparently. Um, any social media, any Twitter feed that you can find, we should be there. If we're not, let us know in the comments and we'll make sure we are. In the meantime, thank you for listening. We hope to hear from you again soon. Bye for now.